Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and tonight, today, whenever the hell you're listening to this, I guarantee we have got a good show for you. So this might be our largest episode ever. There are seven of us on this recording, and if you don't know, that makes my life as the editor a living hell. But joining me today, as... Often as I like, as, as much as I like to have her on every episode, she's not able to do that. But we have got my lovely wife, Leah. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. What you drinking, babe? Water. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those nights. <laughs> it's one of those nights she has to drink water. Just have to drink water. Gotta stay hydrated. It's like a thousand degrees outside. Yeah, welcome to Florida. And our host for the evening, the host with literally the most chin hair on this podcast say hello to mr tony what's up chris tony my friend what you drinking tonight uh tonight i have actually got a new brew by uh my good friends at abita uh it's their new strawberry lager um it's kind of taking the place of their raspberry lager that sounds um, delightful it is it is very refreshing just like the raspberry not too too strawberry not too much strawberry forward but it's got that nice crisp undertone, and it's very light for a lager. That sounds delightful. It is. We're going to take this out to Huntsville, Alabama, or I don't even know what city you live in. It's a tiny-ass town in Alabama near Huntsville. Mike and Nikki, how y'all doing tonight? We're doing good. Doing well, thanks. How you guys doing? Sober. Well, let's try and fix that, huh? Working on it. What are you guys drinking tonight? Um, I have a hot tea. It's very, uh, very adventurous <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Mike, what are you drinking? Well, uh, I got, uh, I believe I've had the monkey knot on here before the IPA from straight to ale brewery right here in the Huntsville. Tonight I have the gorilla knot, which is the imperial version of that IPA. I get that little there it lovely is. sound right there. This is a fantastic beer. Very good. I think I like Imperial IPA. Like, the stronger an IPA is, it seems like the more I like it. <laughs> that could be the alcohol talking. It is the pumpkin spice latte of the over 30 white male demographic. <laughs> I never said I wasn't basic. You are a basic bitch. I am having a, a, a fantastic beer from Duclaw Brewing. And, Mike, we've talked about this before. This is not the sweet baby Jesus. This is the sweet baby Java. Because yes. 9.30 at night, I need to be drinking espresso beans in my beer. <laughs> so what happens when you go on a uh, two-and-a-half-month break from work? Oh, yes. I have two-and-a-half months off. I'm not off. I'm still taking care of the baby when Leah goes back to work. But neither here nor there. We've got some newbies with us tonight. So, Nikki, these are your friends. Go ahead and introduce them. Christopher here. Um, they are neighbors here in the lovely River Park neighborhood of Owens Crossroads, Alabama. For those of you who don't know where it is, most of you don't. So. <laughs> no, I don't know, and I've known you guys for years. <laughs> <laughs> but they are. But you guys are from California, though, right? I am. She's from California. He's from Alaska. Oh, oh nice! Oh, wow. What part? Uh, I grew up in Barrow. Very, very. Oh, that's near, that's a uh, outside Anchorage, right? No, it's the very, very northern northern tip. 
okay, what's that little town near Anchor? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. The northern <laughs> tip of of Alaska? The very tip of Alaska, yeah. Oh, can we move there? Sure. Sure. I'm that sounds I'm amazing. On I'm on board. <laughs> like, nope. Please don't. <laughs> I'll do anything to get away from this 98-degree weather. You guys, uh, are you guys drinking anything tonight? That, that's until you're in the Alaska weather. <laughs> There's a lot of drinking up in Alaska, but now we're down here and we just have Pepsi for tonight. Hey, Pepsi's a good thing. Pepsi is a good thing. Tony, you're our host with the most. We're not going to make that joke again. It bombed Thank the you. first time. Tony, you're the host. I will shut up. All right. Well, I doubt that. But we'll see how the night goes. Um, so, yeah, guys, welcome to the Pop Trivia Experience. Uh, tonight we've just got a quick little game. We'll see how quick. But uh, it's going to be four rounds of trivia with a pregame, halftime, and, of course, your favorite wager round. So we're just going to dive right in. Uh, so this first one, our pregame has five different parts to the same question. Uh, the question being... The Billboard Hot 100 is the industry standard when it comes to popular music. Since its inception in 1958, hundreds of artists have graced its list. Which of the following are in the top 10 with the most debuts at any spot within the top 100? At number one, Lil Wayne. Two, Aretha Franklin. Three, the Beatles, four, Future, and five, the Glee cast. And so it's yes, it put- yes or no on all five of those, right? Yes, they're yes in the top no ten. No, they're not. Yes. So, so uh, it's and most debut. It was At, top how many of most debuts? Top one hundred. No, top so, one hundred most debuts. No, on the top it's, 100? I think I think what he's saying is it's the. Uh, the, the song has to hit the top 100, and they're yes. looking for the top 10, are these groups in the top 10 bands that had the <laughs> most songs that debuted inside the top 100? That's what I was looking for, is the okay. top 10 part. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Top 10. All right, Nikki and I can lock in. We're, we're locked in. All right, Chris and Leah, go ahead and discuss, please. Oh, God. Okay, so the first one we have on there is Lil Wayne. Yeah, and I don't know of any Lil Wayne songs. I don't either, nor am I a Lil Wayne fan, so I'm tempted to say no on Lil Wayne. Yeah, let's say no for that one. Aretha's tricky, tricky, because Aretha is like the queen of freaking soul. So, I, and I can only think of two of her songs that were. It doesn't big. mean she's not on there. I, mean, I know you get the. Oh God, the entire Motown movement wasn't based on wasn't based on her, but she was the biggest her to come out of it. I'd have a hard time saying no, but I also don't know if you include her on this list unless the answer is no. Well, it's one of those things that if it, the answer is no and we say yes, I would feel better about that than if we say yes and the answer is no. I don't care how I feel. I want to get the damn question right. <laughs> okay. Um, so do you want to say no for Aretha? Yeah, let's say uh, – that's my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Beatles? So when were the Beatles big? 34 it, number one hits. I'm assuming it's a yes. Didn't he say it started in 1958 where the, or this list? Did the Beatles? The, yeah, the Beatles were – yeah. The Beatles – Were before then? No, the Beatles were after, around, then, after then. That's what I mean. Okay. So, yes for Beatles? I'm saying yes on the Beatles. I've never heard of... Yeah, what's future? Um, if I'm guessing right now, it's bleak. 
So okay. I'm saying future is a no, but that's my opinion because I've never heard of them. And Glee Class has like a bazillion. I know every show I, had three or four songs. When iTunes was like a thing, they were always at the top, like Huge. the most downloaded. So I don't know if that's the same as the Billboard, but oh. they were always the most downloaded on iTunes. And so. poor rest in peace, Naya Rivera. And, that was sad. And all the other Glee cast members that are now dead. Yes. But for we'll, various we'll, reasons. we're going to say yes on them. So our answers are going to be Lil Wayne, no. Aretha, no. Beatles, yes. Future, no. Glee, yes. All right. So just to get a recap, for the top 100 most debuts at any spot in the top 10, or sorry, the top 10 with the most debuts, Lil Wayne. Um, Leah and Chris, we said no for Lil Wayne. Mike? We said yes. I don't know if we necessarily had a lot of logic to it, but we wanted to have more than two, the two obvious yeses. So <laughs> we picked a third random one. All right. And Chris and Jen? We said yes. All right. Moving on to the next, Aretha Franklin. Uh, Leah and Chris, we said no. All right. Mike and Nikki? We we also said no on that one. All right, and coming back to Chris and Jen. We said yes. All right, moving on to the third group, uh, my favorite on this list, the Beatles. Um, we said yes, and we will be very sad if the answer is no, but we said yes. All right, Mike and Nikki. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Beatles was number one until another uh, particular artist such as it is on this list, knocked them off. So we said yes. All right. And finishing up the Beatles with Chris and Jen. We also said yes. Bringing it back around to the future is bleak, a.k.a. future. Chris and Leah, what did you say? We said no, because we do not know who or what that group is. <laughs> All right. Mike and Nikki, what did you have to say? Uh, I am decidedly unhip to the musics of today. Uh, Nikki says she's at least heard of them. I mean, I know who they are, but I'm not. <laughs> but we, we said we said I don't no. know enough to know. And rounding that out, Chris and Jen. We said no. Yeah, at least we're not alone on that one. And last but not least, the cast of Glee, Chris and Leah. Well, we knew that this, you know, was breaking all kinds of records when the show was out and that they always had a couple hits from every episode. So we assumed that it, that uh, matriculated over to the Billboard uh, list. So we said yes for Glee, class. Glee cast. All right. And Mike and Nikki? Yep. Uh, we said yes as well. And Chris and Jen? Yes. All right. So according to the list I read for the top 100, Little Wayne is, in fact, in the top ten at number three. Oh, my God. Nice. nice. Aretha Franklin is not. She's at the number 15th, oh. number 15th spot. <laughs> and Lil Wayne is up there. That's a travesty. <laughs> oh, Chris, this is going to hurt so much more then. Rounding it out with the last of the nose, the Beatles at number oh. 16. Is it, beca is it because it's debuts? It's debuts. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's all about the debut. Oh, yep. my God. Really? Yep. Um, as for Future, the rap phenom that you three teams do not seem to know who he is. It's uh, a is person. In fact I thought it was a on band. the list at number 10. <laughs> yeah, like I'm oddly okay with losing those two points. 
and rounding it out, and the only one that was unanimously agreed upon, Gleecast. Yes, at number two, the highest of the five on this list. All right. Uh, moving on to round one, the category, Land Ho. One of those was my nickname in high school. Oh, I can imagine what it is. And your first question in round one. Though the Seven Seas once referred to the grouping of what we now know as the oceans of the world, we have kept the use of the word sea to refer to large bodies of water, typically encased by land. Where is the famous Sea of Tranquility located? We can lock in, Tony. All right, Chris and Jen can lock in. All right, and with that, Chris and Leah, please discuss. Because more people want to hear me talk today. Um, so I think, because I know Tranquility Base was the landing spot for Apollo 11, and I've heard it referred to as a slea, the slea, the glee of... <laughs> oh, is it musical? <laughs> is it the glee of Tranquility? You want to know what Buzz Aldrin sang when he got on the moon? I think it's. The, I think that already hit number one. <laughs> number two, um, it's got to be the. It's got to be on the moon, right? Yeah, the moon. That's what I would say. Yep. I mean, unless there's one on Earth too that it was named after, but I. The we famous know, one well, that I know of is on the moon. We know that geography is literally only bodies of water, and if it was a body of water, I would have asked Mike a question about it by now that he would have gotten wrong. So it's not on Earth. Okay. Yeah. All right. So is that what you are locking? We in? are locking in with the moon. Let's pass it on to Mike and Nikki. What did you guys have to say? Uh, Chris is absolutely correct. The only sea that I am aware of uh, does not contain any water, and it is the Sea of Tranquility on the moon. All right. And to round it out, Jen and Chris, where is the Sea of Tranquility? We were able to lock in pretty quick because we have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chris and Leah, Mike and Nikki, absolutely tonight, you guys are on it. The Sea of Tranquility is, in fact, located on the moon. All right. Good job, guys. Good job. Okay. And uh, so this next question, going into uh, the round, will be in the film industry. The term EGOT, E-G-O-T, which stands for Emmy, Grammar, Grammy, Oscar, Tony was coined by which Miami voice actor? Miami voice or Miami vice? Miami vice, Chris, and I apologize for that. <laughs> There's a whole version <laughs> of the voice that's only in Miami. Yes. It's just Gloria Stefan swirling in a chair. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure it existed before Pitbull. I'm not really sure where you're going with this. <laughs> All right. I think Mike and Nikki can lock in. All right. I think, I think we're ready. I'm just making emoji uh, uh, faces and gestures. And then I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't do that because they can all see me on Skype. But Oh, yeah, because I needed to see you to know that we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I had no um, idea. So what I know about Miami Vice, uh, the movie had, I'm pretty sure it was Colin Farrell and I think Jamie Foxx. And the TV show had Don Johnson. You would know Don Johnson because he was just in um, Watchmen. He was the racist cop that died at the beginning. Spoiler alert. He's a racist cop. Um, he's the racist cop that was the friend of the girl. They left. They, she, they found him hanging in the tree with Louis Gossett Jr. in a wheelchair. Oh, that movie. That's yeah. Don Johnson. Oh. I don't think it's freaking Don Johnson, though. I think it's the other guy, and I don't know the guy's name. 
I don't. The, it's the, I think it's the other guy from from Miami Vice, and I don't know his name. So the best I have right now is Don Johnson. That's pissing me off. Then I say we just lock in with it. Yeah, we'll lock in Don Johnson. All right, Mike and Nikki. Congratulations, uh, Chris. You you took about three minutes longer to have the exact same logic. Can you name anybody from Miami Vice behind Don Johnson besides Don Johnson? Who's the other guy? Nope, me neither. All right, let's lock in with. I Don think Johnson. it's him though. I think it's the other guy. I don't either, but I couldn't name the other guy. All right, so Mike, what are you locking in with? I'm sorry, we locked in with Don Johnson as well. Not a problem, thank you. All right, and to round it out, Chris and Jen. So we, I was assuming that it wasn't part of the newer Miami Vice, but we have no idea who was in the old Miami Vice, other than Don Johnson, just from listening to you guys say Don Johnson. <laughs> so we had no clue. All right. Well... If we were live, this is what we would call an antisocial. However, Chris, you were so very close. It is, in fact, the other actor who played Tubbs. Yeah, I couldn't that think of his name. Be Philip Michael Thomas. It is Philip Michael Thomas. Damn. All right. Well, hopefully this next one is a little bit easier on you guys. Uh, the next category is food. Uh, question. Though the Caesar salad is named after an Italian immigrant who created the salad in 1924, in which country did the salad first appear on the menus of restaurants? AKA, which country did this originate from? Chris and Jen locks in. Yeah, Leah and Chris are going to lock in as well. All right, Mike, Nikki, please discuss. I, mean, I, I would assume it's probably just like I don't know if it's. I mean, if we just say United States. Yeah, for for some reason I thought it was I thought it was like created in a restaurant in New York or something like that. But I'm kind of uh, my main hesitation is I'm looking for a reason to say a country other than the United States, but I don't know if I have one, so I'm I'm okay with locking that. That's the only other thing I believe was some, someone like France or something. Uh, like yeah, that, I don't really know. So. I don't, I don't really know either, but I, for some reason I feel like well, I mean, you know, an Italian. It, an immigrant from Italy could e- much more easily emigrate to France. So, I mean, I don't know if that's... Do I go France? I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm fine sticking with the United States. But like yeah. I said, my first thought was that it was in a restaurant, created in a restaurant in, like, New York or something. Right, let's like just that. go to the United States. All right. We'll say United States. Mike and Nikki walking in with United States. Chris and Leah, what do you guys have for me? Um, I'm kicking myself now because it didn't occur to me until after that we had talked about immigrant, and I know it. Did you give a year on this, my, uh, Tony? 1924. Yeah, right when the a huge influx of immigrants is coming to the United States, that did not sink sit with me at all. I I didn't even think about it. We locked in with Greece. Jen, Chris, what was your answer? I think I've watched enough Food Network episodes, and I want to say Mexico. It's random, um, but I think I've seen that episode on Food Network quite a bit of times, like it being made table side. It's random, and it's right. Damn. Caesar salad originated in Mexico. Nicely done. Good poll. That's nice damn. answer. All right, and your final question in the first round, this category being literature. Which real-life shipwreck inspired the events of the novel Moby Dick and the account of the fated journey in the novel and movie starring Chris Hemsworth in the heart of the sea. Yeah. Damn it. 
Tony, what was the name of the Chris Hemsworth movie? In the Heart of the Sea. In the Heart of the Sea. That's right. That's right. Also starring Tom Holland, according to my wife. Yeah. Oh, is he? He's a little guy in it. He's, I mean, it was probably filmed maybe before um, Spider-Man, but he he definitely looked like he was like 15 or 16, like, and he was on the boat too. And I'm like, wow, they really recruited young. All right. Um, that's our way of saying we still don't have a clue, so we're going to keep talking. All right. Locked in. Okay, so all three teams have locked in? Yep. Okay, so we did get discussion. But that's all right. Chris and uh, Leah's anecdotal information about Tom Holland will suffice. <laughs> it's, all, it's the most information you're going to get out of us for this question. Well, then let's head it over to you guys first. Chris and Leah, which was the name of the ship? It's the way wrong answer. We put the Lusitania, but it's not the right answer. Lusitania? That's a ship name I haven't heard in a while. That means it's not the right answer. We haven't heard of it in a while. <laughs> Mike and Nikki, what do you got for me? Well, I didn't even think of the Lusitania, but that's a that's another one that falls into the category of wrecks that occurred after Moby Dick was published. Because yeah. um, the only thing I could think I could only think of like the Titanic for obvious reasons, and then the Andrea Doria because of Seinfeld reasons. Uh, then the only other wreck that I knew of, uh, thanks to Gordon Lightfoot, was the Edmund Fitzgerald. So I don't know when that happened chronologically. We'll lock it. Was what we locked in with that. All right, and pretty sure all three of those happened after Moby Dick was released. Um, but moving on, Jen and Chris, what did you guys lock in with? Uh, I think ours happened somewhere around the same time as Lusitania. We're going with the Atosha. The Atosha. Oh, man, you guys actually know a few more shipwrecks than I have in my memory banks. Um, however, unfortunately, none of them are right. It is the famed Essex. That that sounds right, yeah. Yep. That the famed sounds right. Essex, it has a ship or a harbor town named after it now in just outside of Boston, which is where they all took off from. Yeah. I could have told you that part. You didn't. <laughs> I know, I could have said, like, I'm picturing them before they take off, they're in the New England area. But You're I thinking yep. of a perfect storm. No, this is, they were in a pub. I remember they were in a pub talking about taking, yeah. going on their trip. I've seen Jaws, I've seen In the Heart of the Sea, I've seen A Perfect Storm. I'm just thinking never get on a boat in New England. Yeah. Pretty much. That seems safe. No, if you if you want to get on a boat, you want to do it with Lonely Island. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, and, and make sure they invite T-Pain. And that oh, is God. a throwback to a long-forgotten time. All right, and that wraps up our first round tonight. Currently, for second place... We have Jen and Chris with 14 points. And tied for first, Chris and Leah with Mike and Nikki at 16 points. Hold on. Leah thinks we have 14, not 16. We only got two right in the, the first round, Tony. Yeah, we only got the we only got the two right, so we should only have 14 points. I like the honesty. Oh, Leah with the honesty catching my mistake. All right, so yes, that rockets Mike and Nikki into first place. First place, quite on pace, with 16 points. Wow. Wow, we have a killer lead. Yep. All right, moving on to question number one in the second round. Your category, It Matters. Which of the known metals on the periodic table is liquid at Earth's 
Standards conditions. We can lock in. We can also lock in. All right. So that means Chris, Jen, please yeah. discuss. I'm pretty I... sure it's Mercury. Okay. I don't know. I should know this. I work in the lab. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you use that in your lab. No, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I would hope not. Nope. Definitely don't. Hospital lab does not use that. Mm-mm. All right, Chris. So you guys are locking in with Mercury. Yes. Sure. All right, Chris, Leah, what did you guys lock in with? I must be mad as a hatter because I'm pretty sure it's Mercury. And Mike, Nikki. Uh, yes, I believe it is Mercury. All right, call me 10 over 6 and tie me up in a bow. That is right. Mercury is the correct answer. It's a Mad Hatter reference. It's the size of the hat he wears. Oh, yeah, that's right. 10 I over 6, that. tie me up in a bow. Tony, if it makes you feel any better, you're now moving the other way across my screen. So I think you might be in retrograde. Oh, oh. Have Sorry, bringing that's that a, stuff. That's a bad joke. Yeah. A bad joke, guys. My bad. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're used to it. It's a bad joke. All right, Chris. This question's for you. Not really, but you're talking, so. Your category is in video games. Question. What consumer electronics and video games company founded in 1889? was originally known for producing playing cards. I can actually lock that in. Believe, believe it or not, so can we. All right, Mike. And Chris, Jen, please discuss with us. I just so have Nintendo like, on my... Maybe it's something like Sega <laughs> or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with Sega. What, what, like, what? I don't think it was any like the big names that we think of now. But like playing cards. Yeah, they had playing cards. They used to be playing cards. Did they? Yeah, obviously they did. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> did. I'm going to go with you. Let's, let's go with Sega. All right, Chris and Jen locking in with Sega. Let's kick it over to Chris and Leah. So I think, um, I, Chris, I think you should have gone, uh, gone with Jen's answer. I'm pretty sure it's Nintendo. All right, Mike, Nikki, what do you got for me? Yeah, we, we also locked in with Nintendo. I think it was one of those things that came up on like a Reddit thread, like what sounds like a fake fact but's actually true, and one of the one of them that always comes up is Nintendo existed in the nineteenth century. Well, Jen, you should have gone with your head feeling because it is in fact Nintendo, which started oh. out in eighteen eighty nine as a playing card company. When I'm not one hundred percent sure I just Walk away and tell him, all right, your choice. No, that sounds familiar. The number of times that Nikki, that I've not listened to Nikki and we've been wrong as a result in trivia is... Way too many. Way too many. (laughs) All right, moving on to your third question. Your category is sweet smells. Most often used in perfumes and parodied in the mid-2000s show Futurama, Ambergris is a waxy substance that originates as a secretion from which animal? Okay, so Leah, pick random animal. We've got a chocolate lab back there. Do you want to go chocolate lab? You have to unmute us. <laughs> or you have to mute us. If no, we're I don't. Talk. That's literally the only logic I have. All right, Chris and Jen are locked in. Chris and Leah are locked in. All right. Nikki, Mike, please discuss. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here going, I actually like have heard heard of ambergris, but 
I don't know anything about any animals. And Nikki just looks at me and just goes, I think it's a tiger. I don't know if it's actually a tiger. I, I know, but for some reason that sounded good. But given given the uh, given the the prior discussion about uh, me not listening to, sure, we'll go with tiger. I think sure. we're just gonna go ahead locking with tiger. All right, they are locked in with tiger. Chris and Jen, as the first to lock in, please let me know what you guys did so with. So I only very rarely watched that show, but I feel like I've seen it on there, and it was lizard. All right, Chris, Leah. Yeah, we had no idea. We had no way of logicking to anything. We've not watched the show. Um, so we just kind of thought, well, what animal would kind of be a funny answer um, to put down? So we said skunk. Skunk is close to a certain vanilla producing animal, but not ambergris. Ambergris is actually from a sperm whale. Really? Yep. And, That's what it is. Yep. And it's ironic because I'm just now realizing this ties back into the previous question about Moby Dick. <laughs> Moving on to the final question of the round. Your category is money, money, money. Though we are all very familiar with the concept of paper money, this wasn't always the case. In ancient times, people often used coins, shells, and precious gems as a way of procuring services and goods. However, which country was the first to utilize a paper bill? Chris and Jen are locked in. All right, and with that, Chris, Leah, please discuss. Well, crap. Well, I first started chanting, USA, USA, and Chris says, no. So after that, we had to start having a discussion. Um, so I'm just, I can't get over the fact that it seems like Egypt was so far advanced in a lot of their, a lot of stuff they did uh, up until, you know, their society collapsed or whatever happened. So I'm wondering if it's the ancient Egyptians, if they found a way to, to regulate that from a government level. And it's kind of hard for me to think about, like, because it's a country. And so many, like, European countries maybe have shared the same kind of money. It's going to be Switzerland, watch. <laughs> um, Egypt's a country that's been around on its own for a long time. Okay. Um, it's been a self-regulating. And even then, like, the Egyptian Empire, even if we're going back that far, um, still might have been the first to do it. That, that's my best guess. If it's not Egypt, then I'm guessing it's one of the colonial empires. I at least feel good about Egypt because I feel like you have reasoning behind it. So even if it's not the right answer, you f- I mean, I feel it's, good it's, about it's it. A, it's not, I don't feel good about it. Hell no. Um. That's right. We're not here to feel good. We're here to win. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew that'd come back to bite me in the ass. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't have any thunder behind it. There's no logical reason other than the fact that that particular, they seem to be so far advanced yeah. in every other system that it would almost make sense that they would be the first to have paper currency all those years ago. So, yeah, we'll, we'll lock in with We're Egypt. We're going to lock in with Egypt. All right, locking in with Egypt. Mike and Nikki, let us know what you had. Well, I mean, I thought about Egypt, too, because that's where papyrus was invented, so that would have been the first type of paper. But actual paper was invented in China, so I just decided maybe we should go with China, so that's where paper was invented. Chris and Jen, what did you guys have? 
Well, my wife suggested China, so we are going with China. Smart man. Smart man. So, I am now at a slight conundrum. Because the answer I have here is Rome. However, I do have a note that said the Chinese used a leather-styled option for money that could have been the progenitor of paper money. Yeah, Tony, that that falls on host discretion. It's up to you what you want to do. Yep, and I'm trying to decide, and I think (laughs) two of you went ahead and said it. Yeah. Nikki looked at Nikki looked at me and said, "So this is another thing." Nikki looks at me and a- after we locked in, Nikki said, "Oh, it could be Rome." And I said, "No, nah, I don't think it's Rome." It was in fact Rome, but since two of you locked in with China and it is on my notes, I'm going to go ahead and accept that as an answer. Woo-hoo. We are going with China. Woohoo! We're just here to have fun, right? Yeah. Exactly. And drink water. All right, and that brings us to our halftime. Uh, but first, I'll give you a point update. And coming in with second and second place at 34 points each, we have Chris and Leah and Chris and Jen. And in first place, with 46 points, Mike and Nikki. Close game. Close Tight game, game everybody. yeah. So we are going to be moving into our halftime. So this one is going to be a little bit different. It's not like the first one where you chose from the list of the five that I had. This is going to be a choose five of ten. I'm not going to give you any of the options. I need you to write them down and give me your answers. The question, and you will get four points per correct answer. So the question being... Canada, like the USA, is divided into smaller, more localized areas, a.k.a. states. Unlike the USA, Canada has ten areas known as provinces. Please name five of the ten provinces. Tony, just to be clear here, we're talking about provinces and not territories, correct? Right, provinces. Mike and Nikki can go ahead and lock in. Chris and Jen are locked in. We're arguing over here. Yeah, so th- we, we're we're putting together in our head what the the south coastline or the south border with Canada looks like. So I'm pretty sure Leo is pretty sure that it's British Columbia is on the end because that's where Victoria is, where we went on our honeymoon, and that's also where they film all those like CW shows and stuff like that because it's cheaper. Vancouver, okay. that's in British Columbia. So British Columbia is one. Yeah. As you go east, I'm pretty sure you're going to pass Manitoba and Saskatchewan. I don't know if Saskatchewan is a province. I think it is. Um, Manitoba is a province. I'm almost positive. Uh, we know Ma- we know Quebec. We know Ontario. So we know for a fact we've got three. Um, and then you also have written down here Newfoundland and Nova Scotia. Newfoundland. <laughs> I'm an American. We watched the Come From Away, where they landed in Newfoundland. You're right. So we think Newfoundland is a, a territory, right? Or an, uh, it's a, a province, right? I mean, that, that's why I wrote it down, is that I know it's an area. I just don't know if it's a territory versus a province. I don't know. Okay. I feel good about Ontario and British Columbia. Those are my two contributions. Yeah, and I, I feel, feel good about Manitoba about. and Quebec. Um, and let's go, you want to go Newfoundland last? Sure. 
Yep, that's what we'll go with. All right, so you are locking in with... Newfoundland, British Columbia, Ontario, Manitoba, and Quebec. All right, Mike, Nikki, what five do you got for me? British Columbia occurred to us pretty much right after we locked in because it was driving us nuts. But uh, the five that we locked in with were Ontario, Quebec, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, and Alberta. Ah, Alberta. Her name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. She cooks like my mother and sucks like a Hoover. <laughs> what the heck is that? It's from Avenue Q. Oh. Yeah, I know. Wow. Nikki okay. got me. Nikki got me. Jen, Chris, what do you got for me? We went with Yukon, Northwest Territory, Quebec, Ontario, and British Columbia. Um, the 10 I have, which are the only 10 there are, I should say, are Alberta, British Columbia, Labrador, Manitoba, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and yes, it is Newfoundland, Chris, Ontario, Prince Edward Island, Quebec, and Saskatchewan. We'll take that. I doubted you on some of those, but good job. And let me just do some math really quickly. We went back and forth on Prince Edward Island. Yeah, I, I, I even asked if Prince Edward Island was its own province, but we weren't. I, I, we neither of us were sure. And with that, we'll be moving on to round number three. And your first categories is movies. This might be an easier one for those of us. Well, not those of us. I didn't grow up in the 80s, but I have a fondness for 80s films. Uh, and the popular film, Jurassic Park. Not the 80s. <laughs> yeah, not, not the 80s at all. I, I was going to say grew up in the 80s. So, but I did not grow up in the 80s. What was it, 1990? 93 Three. was Jurassic Park. Three. All right. And the popular film, Jurassic Park. There is a scene that features one of the most obvious product placement requirements of movie history. In this scene, we see a can of shaving cream that has been modified to allow the smuggling of dinosaur embryos. Which brand is the can that is shown? Mike and Nikki can lock in. Yeah, I think we can lock in as well. All right, Jen and Chris, please discuss. I can picture. I can. I can see the entire scene. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like white and blue? Mm-hmm. Like your parent, like your dad probably had. Oh, he like, still that can and a big razor. Like he has not. Is it big shaving cream? No. I can smell it. I can <laughs> smell it on my dad. I don't know. This guy doesn't shave very often. I don't. I don't know shaving creams anymore. <laughs> it starts. With I mean. Neither do most of us on this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> um, what big then? Barbara, well, I don't know. I, I can't even think of it. I know it starts with a B, probably. Big starts with a B. All right, well, we'll go with Vic. Jen and Chris locking in with Vic. Chris and Leah, what do you have for me? Um, I think I think it's Barbasol. And is that what you're locking in with? Yes. We literally, <laughs> all right. we based literally on Jen's watched, face. We watched all of these we, movies. The we other we day. also locked in with Barbasol. And Barbasol is the correct answer. Jen, you were so close. You almost said it there at the end. I was hoping you were going to get it. I know. I just, uh, oh well. (laughs) And moving on to question number two in round three. I'm a cartoon. What was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Pictures at the Academy Awards? 
Mike and Nikki lock in. This is my shocked face. All right. Chris and Jen locked in. All right. With that, Chris and Leah, please discuss. That means we're going to have this conversation on the podcast instead of in quiet here. Great. We are torn between two. I wrote down. And they came out like 70 years apart. Yeah. I wrote down Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs just because I feel like I remember. Um, it's like my least favorite Disney movie of all time, but it's I feel like it was big at that time and I feel like it was nominated for an Oscar but maybe I'm just making that up I have like if it was just me playing that's what I would go with but then Chris brought up you tell you tell well I, you I, I don't know if it's the this. first I just I had a I, I'm almost positive Beauty and the Beast was nominated for best picture like I'm trying to think of what before that would have been nominated it's got to be a Disney movie but you know what's bothering me now going back to this is that when you look at People who are nominated for Oscars, the person that's been nominated for the most Oscars, I'm almost positive by far is Walt Disney. Yeah, he's got like 64 nominations or something ridiculous. Just producer credits on everything. So maybe it is Snow White. But would would it have been Best Picture or would it have gotten some other If you got of... 64 nominations, one of those has to be for Best Picture. And he was dead by the time Beauty and the Beast came out. True. So I think you're... I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Let's go Snow well, White. Well, because I'm thinking back at the... The Rob Lowe sketch where he was on stage with Snow White, I think. Maybe it was like some kind of callback of like, oh, let's celebrate past wins or I don't know. I don't know. I, if it was just me, I would go Snow White. But I I understand your reasoning for Beauty and the Beast, too. Well, it, he said first. The only My only logic there is the fact that I'm, I know that I'm almost positive it was nominated for Best Picture. And I'm trying to watch Nikki to see if she's giving me any hint and she's not giving me anything. And I feel confident that's one of the two. Yeah, I don't let's, think let's there's anything in between that it could have been. So. No, let's go Snow White. Okay, we're going to lock in with Snow White. All right. Chris and Jen, what did you guys lock in with? Um, I'm thinking Toy Story. Mike, Nikki. I'm pretty sure it's Beauty and the Beast. All right, Mike and Nikki, you would be correct. I'm sorry. Was Beauty and the Beast. And and Leah, to make you feel a little bit better, I uh, did some digging. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves were nominated for Best Original Score. And and I think he, I think Disney might have won some sort of special like achievement Oscar for Snow White. Yeah. But later on, possibly, I I could be wrong. I, I just remember that factoid, like that it was nominated for the for the Oscar, and I I I think Toy Story may have been nominated for the Oscar too, but Toy Story three definitely was. Toy Story three was up was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the biggest thing is I do believe that Snow White was the first animated film ever to be nominated for an Oscar, but not oh. for Best Picture. Yeah. Best Picture being the the biggest keyword here. Moving on to our next question. In the category of curated goodies. In 1954, Ann Hodges of Oak Grove, Alabama, was the first person to be struck by what item in recorded history? This item now resides in a museum after its ownership was debated for two years. Tony, you said the... um... The item, what was the last part of that question one more time? Uh, the first person to be struck by what item in recorded history that now resides in a museum. Did you say like the ownership of it was debated or something like that? Yeah, the ownership was debated for two years between the person who was hit by it and the person who owned the building. Okay. 
All right, we're, we're Mike and Nikki are going to go ahead and lock in. Chris and Jen are locking in. And the conversation I wanted to hear the most, Chris and Leah, please discuss. <laughs> what? Okay, so my first thought was meteorite. That makes sense. And we've been to the Fields Museum in Chicago, and they're a whole display of all these rocks that have fallen on people and things in space and stuff like that. So that was where our first, well, my first logic came from, because I'm always going to go with the easier answer. I have two problems with meteorite, though. One is it's the easiest damn answer in the world. And two, 1954 is the first time it happened. So... What if it was a UFO? No. We'd never know. It, it it could be part of an airplane. Like okay, okay, well tell them what your first thought was. <laughs> so I don't know if I learned. I don't know if I heard this. If this is just a, like all myth or something, but I thought I remember like early airplanes would have um would eject capsules of um full. Are you trying to say fecal matter? Yes, fecal matter. <laughs> That's not a myth. That's 100 percent true. It is absolutely true, but and what? I'm pretty sure that happened before. 54. Chris literally on his paper wrote. Poop from a plane? Question mark. So, but my thing is that if it's, if she was in a building when this happened, like that's one magic turd. Like that's an epic. But you know what actually makes sense would be like part of an airplane. Like if something that would go through a building and strike somebody, I'm wondering if it's part of an airplane. I, I like that a lot more than I like meteorite. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with. Uh, yeah, we'll go with part of an airplane. Airplane. All right. Nikki, Mike, what did you guys lock in with? <laughs> so <laughs> we, we had no idea. So we, but but we were like, oh, she's in a building, and and uh, we, for whatever reason, it was like maybe she was struck by a bird because there weren't much taller buildings in New York City long before 1954, which so for some reason just now occurs to me. And oh, by the way, the supposedly incredibly obvious answer of meteorite did not even cross our mind. <laughs> I thought it was Anvil, maybe. Yeah, yeah she, Nikki threw out Anvil. I'm like, no, I think I think like Bugs Bunny was already crushing people with Anvils. <laughs> I was going to say Wiley Coyote much. <laughs> anyway, we, 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 we locked in with Bird. Bird. All right, moving on to Chris and Jen. Like what did you guys lock in with? Okay, so I think you kind of gave a little bit of a hint when you were talking about the argument about like whose it was when you said who the building owner was. So I think the person was outside, and this kind of goes with the angle scenario. We're going with piano. Oh, my God. If this is piano, I am quitting in, like, like joining I just want to point out a gym or something. I don't know. Ann Hodges lived through this experience. It, it could have been close. Close call. <laughs> I knew this was probably going to be one of the hardest questions of the night, and I really wanted to throw it in there because it's just a crazy story that I had remembered from a podcast that I had listened to. Um, but it is, in fact, and, and Leah, here you go. You can get some some points back against Chris. It is, in fact, a meteorite. Wait, is that what we locked in with? No. Oh, oh man. No, you locked in with poop on a plane. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> the the, the straight-to-DVD sequel to Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> oh, man. It's okay. We're even now. Like, I no, was trying to figure out, like, why would there be Chris, a, a... what was it you were saying about listening to your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. It <laughs> bit me. <laughs> I was so happy that somebody at least said it, and then you did Hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to do this, so I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I legitimately do feel bad. <laughs> I didn't even think of meteorite. I did not either, yeah. And Chris was like, no, meteorite, that's way too obvious. I'm like, we're all the same. We're thinking like pianos and anvils. Right. <laughs> we're like, yeah. what did I see in a Looney Tunes cartoon <laughs> dating it back to around that time? Oh, man. Oh, uh, that was worth it just for the answers. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. Okay. Moving on to the final round, or final question in round three. Mixers abound. I had to give it a little bit of a, a flair. It's really just about soda, but this is a drinking podcast, so we'll be called Mixers. Though Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi have controlled and dominated the market for nearly the last 40 years, they are not the first of the diet sodas. Which cola debuted in the late 1950s? as the first major contributor to the Diet Cola market, and is still around today. Chris and Jen are locked in. Chris and Leah will lock in. All right, Mike, Nikki, let's hear your responses. Okay. So, so It's not Coke or Pepsi, right? Cause that's what no, but, but right. my, my mind immediately goes to, okay, what did Marty McFly try to order in the diner in 1955 Hill Valley? That's where I, That's where my mind goes. And I'm like, okay, he asked for a tab, and obviously they didn't have a tab. And I'm not helping at all. I don't know why this is where my mind's going. Get a Pepsi well, I mean, free. Right, but, well, we know that it's not, because he said the question was Coke and Diet. Or, right, well, it's not It's not, not Diet Coke, it's not Diet Pepsi. Okay. That doesn't mean it's not a Coke or Pepsi product. Okay. Well, but it's not going to be like a Diet Sprite. I would go with right. like a root like beer. Like a Diet Root like, Beer. Like, like you think a root beer floats and stuff. You yeah, know, no, that's true. I will reiterate the question. Which cola debuted in the late 50s? Oh, okay, cola? so it is a cola. It is a cola. Okay. RC cola? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I didn't know there was other colas besides Pepsi. <laughs> oh, R- well, RC cola is actually a superior cola to Coke and Pepsi, but um, all right, we can lock in with Diet RC cola if you Diet want. Diet RC cola, sure. All right, Chris and Jen, what do you got for me? So we're going with the far less superior RC cola. And, and We're big Pepsi drinkers here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the first diet beverage was RC Cola? Yes. Yes. And Chris and Leah, what are you guys locking in with? Uh, we're going with the far superior RC Cola. And Tony, the only reason I'm getting there is I remember growing up, not even growing up, I've been here for forever, but when I was in New England, that was the soda that everyone that I knew drank. Like everyone in my family drank it. So I'm hoping there's a New England connection with you, upstate New York, and maybe you guys drink a lot of it as well. But now that I'm thinking about it, damn it, it could be Stewart's. But I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. So what are you locking in with? RC Cola. That's what we locked in with. But now Stewart's in the back of my head. Well, Chris, you hoped down the right track. There is some connection between the New England and upstate areas to the eponymous RC Cola who released Diet Right in ni- the late 1950s. Diet RC right. Cola is the correct answer. Diet Right is RC Cola? Yep, Diet Right is RC huh. Cola. I had no idea. All right, and moving on to the final round for the night, bar the wager round. Your first question is in sports. 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 Which NBA personality actually owns the term three-peat 
referring to a team winning three consecutive championships. Mike and Nikki can lock in. Chris and Jen are locked in. All right. That means Chris and Leah, please discuss. Yay. Okay, so we've had a we've had a brief discussion over here. So um Leah brought up Pat Riley. Uh I said old white guy coach. Old white guy coach. And finally Pat got Riley. to Pat Riley. So I, I my thing with Pat Riley is I think the three peat goes back to like the first three the first three for the Bulls. Because they won, like, what, six out of seven or something in the 90s? Six out of eight, I think. Something like that? Okay. Because I think he took a year and a half off, came back, like, the middle of a season, and they didn't didn't go to the championship that year. Yeah, I feel like it was, like, 96, 97 or 97, 98 or something. I think they won 96, 97, 98, and I think they won 92, 93, 94. But, like, I'm thinking, I'm going back, so I'm trying to think, like, early 90s, who's a TV person or a personality, NBA personality from that? I don't even know what personality means, like... That could be like Isaiah Thomas, who was, you know, a player and a damn good player, but, you know, mainly known for his beef with Jordan. Um, it could be Bill Lambeer, who's just a dick on the basketball court. It, their personalities, but they wouldn't say three-peat. God, no. Um, getting away from the Pistons, who else would it be? Jordan makes a lot of sense, but why would you refer to him as a personality? What NBA player? I would be more apt to refer to as refer to uh, Phil Jackson as a personality. Well, like, are, were there any famous announcers like like a Harry Carey kind of thing? I don't know. I don't know NBA announcers. That's kind of my problem. That that's that makes the most sense. Is an announcer right? Because they would say, "Oh, it's a three peat or whatever. I don't know. Um. I wonder if it's like Jerry Krause, who was the GM of the Bulls in the early 90s. You're shaking your head no about a GM. Oh, no. I'm just saying I don't know who that is. Um, That's why I'm shaking my head no. He's not really a personality, though. He's the the one that Chicago would blame for the Bulls falling apart after their second three-peat. Because he refused to bring the team back. And he refused to bring... Well, he refused to bring Phil Jackson back after he won them six championships in eight years. Explain that logic. Um... I don't know. I, I legitimately don't know. My best guess would be. It doesn't sound like a Jordan thing. Like I've heard, I think I've heard Jordan say three peep. It doesn't sound like a Jordan thing. I don't know who the announcer for the for the Bulls was back then. So Phil Jackson, Jerry Krause. I'll leave it up to you to pick one. I don't know. I don't. I don't even picture either one of them really saying it. Well, if you've heard Jordan say it, then why don't we just go with Jordan? Personalities are throwing me off. Well, I'm sure he has a wonderful personality or a horrible personality. I'm <laughs> sure he has a personality. Um, yeah, I, I don't think any of them are right. So just pick one. You want to go, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go, Michael Jordan. MJ, twenty-three. All right, Chris and Leah locking in with Michael Jordan. Nikki, Mike, what are you guys locked in with? Boy, Chris, I sure hope one of them is right because we locked in with Phil Jackson. All right. And Chris and Jen, what did you guys lock in with? We went with Charles Barkley. All right. So personality in this term does refer to somebody who is typically seen speaking on television, whether that's a player, coach, general manager, announcer. Um, With that being said, Chris should have gone with Leah's gut again. It was, in fact, Pat Riley. What? Oh, my God. I totally made 
well, I didn't make that up, but I was like, hmm, I remember in D2, the Mighty Ducks, when the they went to the Junior Goodwill Games, they were trying to um, have Emilio Estevez's character be modeled after somebody, and the guy's like, yeah, two words, Pat Riley, and he says that like as like a coach that you should aspire to kind of like a person, like become like a personality and have that persona of. So that's why I went there. But I had no like, no earthly logic around anything else except that scene in D two the Mighty Ducks, the best sequel so, of the Leah. Mighty Ducks. Leah, if if it helps, Pat Riley is the first name that popped into my head, and then I went, no, it's got to be Phil Jackson because he actually had a three peat with the Chicago Bulls. Well, fun thing about that, Mike. Uh, reportedly, Pat Riley actually earned up to $300,000 in royalties during Phil Jackson's initial three-peat because the amount of time that announcers said the words three-peat in re- so cool. reference to their winning. That's fantastic. So do you want to know what's pissing me off even more? Is I'm having flashbacks to the freaking Trivial Warfare episode where Leah's pulling answers out of her ass and Jonathan's like, no, I don't think that's right. It's because I, I have no right. logic behind it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just go with this. I don't uh. know why. Well, with that, we will be moving on to the second question in our last round. The second question is in category of music. Let's see how you do, Mike. Which prominent British singer was named Baron of an independent state in 2012? I don't understand what that means. He was named Baron of an independent state under control of the United Kingdom's government by the royal family. Uh, yeah, Chris and Leah will begrudgingly lock in an answer and lodge a formal protest against this question. This question is, in fact, bullshit. I'd love to hear the uh, the pros of this complaint. <laughs> there are none. <laughs> That's what I thought. Chris and Jen are locked in with a bogus answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, Nikki, let's hear what you got. So we 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 kind of we kind of went through and and rejected a lot of the sir a lot of the kind of more prominent sirs like like your sir Pauls, your sir Ringos, your sir Eltons that don't even really need a last name. Yeah. Hold on, um, Ringo was knighted? Ringo was finally uh over recently knighted. Very recently. It was way after 2012, but either I think way it was like 2017. Yeah, I was going to say it was he was not if you were going to give one of the two living Beatles in 2012 a baronship, it would probably not have been Ringo. Uh, I love Ringo, but it probably would not have been Ringo. Uh, so we're, we're kicking around a couple of ideas and, and I got hung up potentially too much on the use of singer, which I don't really think of any of those three as singers. They're all more musicians. Uh, whereas like, like I think of like Seal as a singer was one that popped into my head. Yeah, we, we thought about Seal. We thought. Sting. And is Sting, Bono. but I mean, Sting is at least a bass player. Like Bono, I mean, Bo- I think Bono is about the strongest answer we've come up with. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, he because that would be because again, you get these night shifts. I mean, I guess a bit, Baron's not a night shift though. Maybe. I don't right, know, exactly. It's not, Sir Bono. it's not. Yeah, he's <laughs> exactly. I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe that he has been knighted. I could but be he wrong. Could, I don't know how. It works. I. I that's the best thing we've come up with, and I and I don't know if we're gonna come up with anything better. So uh, I I'm gonna disagree with Chris. Uh, even though I don't know this question, I actually love this question just because it's like so, like pregnant with possibility. It's absurd, and like we could probably discuss it for forever. But we'll lock in with Bono. All right, locking in with Bono. Let's head over to Jen and Chris. We we were going more with the has to be a really big name that already has the uh, the sir in front of it. 
or mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne is the uh, the uh, the different ways we were, we were going. So we, we were kicking around either El- Elton John or or Ozzy Osbourne, and we figured it at the end we just went with Elton John. Chris and Leah, what did you end up locking in with after your formal protest? Um, so we did not know the answer, so we went to the kind of the same logic Mike had, where it's um, we don't think it's going to be someone with a sir in front of their name. Uh, we talked about like, is it someone that's newer? Maybe it's like an Adele or something like that. But there's just no way they're going to give that title to someone that's newer. And God forbid if it's one of the One Direction boys, I might flip this table over. So we went with something that I I, I have zero confidence in. I don't think it's right, but um. He has since passed, but was alive, I believe, in 2012. We went with uh, David Bowie. Now, all of these are great approximations at finding the right answer. But, however, none of them are correct. And much like Chris and Mike Leah's and Mike's and Nikki's thought process, uh, being a baron is not relegated to only the Knights of the Queen. In 2012... Ed Sheeran was given the title of Baron. Was that Ed Sheeran? She 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 literally said Ed Sheeran, and I was like, no, he 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 was doing nothing in twenty. Like he was very. He, he hadn't even. Bro- I didn't think he was broke. He had broken in twenty twelve. He was very popular in England. Okay, All right. Scottish born Ed I, Sheeran. Yep. <laughs> yet again, listen yet again, to listen wife. to your wife. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that seems to be the theme of tonight's episode. Yep, we have we have the we have the title of uh, listen the, of to the your podcast. wife. If this was a guys versus girls game, we'd be losing. Yes, yes, you would be. All right, moving on from that question into the third question of round four: things that go bump in the night. The Pine Barrens in southern New Jersey is the supposed home of which legendary creature? We can lock in. Chris and Jen can lock in. All right, Mike and Nikki, fuck it out for us. It's not the Loch Ness Monster. It's not the It's not the Chupacabra. It's probably not Bigfoot because that's mountainous. Like Dracula. Now Dracula's would be like Romania, like. Gonna move to Jersey. <laughs> I, I know. You never know. Um, well, it does suck. So everything's legal in Jersey. Mythical. I mean, re- I just really have no. It's gonna be a mythical creature that can buy a house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, a mythical creature that can survive in the densest, most densely populated state in the country. All right. Let's think New Jersey. What is New Jersey known for? Kevin Smith is not a myth- mythical creature. Bruce Springsteen is not a mythical creature. Bon Jovi is not a mythical creature. Okay, Okay, uh, that's it. That's all I got. Okay, Princeton are the Tigers. Tiger, the... No, I think they're the Tigers. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, sorry, Princeton. It's gotta be something, because he said bump in the night, so it's gotta be something scary. Sure. Okay, fair enough. What about, like, Freddy Krueger, or, like... Uh, yeah... Uh, I don't think no, I don't. Th- I don't think the Nightmare on Elm Street movies took place in New Jersey, though. I, I mean, when I think mythical creature, I don't think I don't think it's like a horror movie icon. I could be wrong. Just, I, just, um, I was I was focusing on bumping the night. Uh, you know what? Let's. I don't know if we're gonna come up with anything better. And the listen to your wife thing has well, been a theme. So we can go. We can go. I mean, I I, I I legitimately do not know. Like a mythical creature. Like boy, I just really do not sure. know. 
Just go with Freddy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, we have no idea. We're, we're, we'll go ahead and lock him with Freddy Krueger in the interest of uh, expediency. All right, locking him with Freddy Krueger. Chris and Jen, what did you guys end up on? So I'm pretty sure this is true. Um, that Well, the story's not true, but the myth is that there was a lady that was giving birth out in the woods or something like that, and it came out with hooves and horns and it became known as the New Jersey Devil, which is also the name of their hockey team. All right, Chris, Leah, what did you guys lock in with? So the only reason I, the only reason I know this is um, it is horror movie related. Uh, there's a, a filmmaker that went to school down here uh, uh, by the name of Darren Lynn Boosman. Uh, you might know him because he did like seven other Saw movies. Um, he also did a movie called Repo the Genetic Rock Opera, which is insane if you haven't seen it. It's not a great movie, but it's insane to watch. But I do like him. I think he's a talented filmmaker, and he made a movie about a, something called the Jersey Devil. And it made sense that they have the devils, and then I started reading up about it after I watched the movie, and yeah, it's exactly what Chris just said. So we locked in the Jersey Devil. All right, locking in with the Jersey Devil. And I got to give it to you, Chris. You even gave me the actual origin story. The answer to this is, in fact, the Jersey Devil. Nicely done, Chris. Well done. All right, moving on to our final question. Your category is, I didn't write one for this answer, so make it up as we go. Sharing a name with everybody's favorite animated chameleon. Pascals are a unit that refer to which type of measurements? A.K.A. what are these referring to when somebody is talking about a Pascal? We're locked in, uh, Mike and Nikki. Chris and Jen are locked in. All right, Chris, Leah, let's hear you to help it out. So um, we can't even agree on what animated movie Pascal is from. So uh, that's what's throwing me off. So you said you think it's from Tangled, right? I thought. That's what I'm picturing. But like that could just be a cute way of him saying the question. That might not be a hint. Yeah. And Tony's questions have not had a lot of hints so far, so I don't think it's a hint into anything. So we don't need to focus on, because we were thinking, like, oh, if it is tangled, maybe it's, like, thickness of hair or something like that. Yeah. So if it's just going to be some scientific measurement of some sort. You said it was a unit of measurement, Tony? Yes, it is a unit of measurement. So we're not thinking length or temperature. No, I don't think it's like the only thing is temperature. Um, Depth. That's. I think there's another nautical term for. Well, they always say like your your meters down, right? When yeah, you're but going, I felt that when you're knots. Deep... That's what I'm thinking. Knots, like nautical. No, something. it's not knots. I wouldn't. I, well, I'm not saying it's not. I have no idea. I don't think it is. Um, like I'm wondering if it's like what they use to measure radiation. Um, yeah, I think it might be something sciencey like that, but um, there's no way for me to get there. Because um, it's a term that neither of us are familiar with, so no, it's something it's, that's yeah. not going to be used in everyday life. Pascals. What would a pascal measure? That's what they're asking. I know. I'm trying. I, I have. There's no logic to getting there. So take a random guess. I, I honestly don't know. Leah, you can. I'm sorry. You can pick. I really. I will not get mad at you if any guessed at you. Well, you said knots, right? No, I said that that's what... I thought knots was one of the things that they used to measure depth of oceans. Or something about the ocean. 
Why don't you just do radiation? Yeah, we'll we'll go with radiation. radiation. It measures radiation. All right, you're locking in with radiation. Mike, Nikki, what did you guys lock in with? We really didn't have any idea. I mean, well, I knew that Pasco was the was the little chameleon from Tangled, and he's so, like, so he I said, so color. I said, what did, what did he do? And she goes, it changes color. And I was like, okay, maybe it's like wavelength, like the wavelength of light. So we just locked in with wavelength. Yeah, we really don't have any idea. All right, they're walking, locking in with wavelength. Chris, Jen, what did you guys lock in with? Okay, so ours thought process the same thing because a lot of times in disney movies they'll name characters based off of something real and so we're going with like their light or like a measurement of color which i guess the wavelength is the same thing um so we settled on a measurement of color all right and they're locking in with measurement of color and yeah i'm sorry guys i was a little evil with this question (laughs) because pascal like chris said it's just a cute little way to introduce the title and the name of the unit. It did not have to actually do with his character from Tangled, my little favorite buddy, Pascal. Pascals actually are in reference to atmospheric pressure. Damn it! I literally, oh. as you were saying that, I was literally like, it's gas pressure, isn't it? So that actually will conclude the standard rounds of gameplay. So moving on to our last and final round tonight, the wager round. For those of you who are listening and haven't heard us do this, uh, there are three more questions, and in a minute, you will get the categories for those questions. Uh, then you are going to set your wagers. You can wager up to anything on each question, not exceeding the total of your point total value already which I will give you in just a second as well. So moving forward, in first place, we have Mike and Nikki with 92 points. In second place, we have Chris and Leah with 84 points. And in third place, we have Chris and Jen with 66 points. So your categories tonight for the final rounds are fast food, modern medicine, and U.S. history. And we are locked in. All right, our our wager's locked in. Chris and Jen's locked in. All right. So now that you guys are locked in with your points, we will move on. We will do this one at a time, just to make it easier, since I'm also keeping score. Uh, Your first question tonight is in fast food. Your question is as follows. The Blue Ribbon Burger is an item that holds weight in both the fast food industry and the United States. The burger was renamed in 1967 and has since become integral to the fast food industry and even as a reference point for the cost of living. What is the burger known as now? Uh, Chris and Leah are locked in. Chris and Jen are locked in. Ah, we don't eat fast food. 
I mean, is it like, I mean, because I'm just a blue ribbon, bur- so I mean, because it's a burger you aspire to, you want this burger. So right. Like, we were talking about like the $6 burger. But Five Guys that. didn't exist back in the 60s, so. It could just be like the um the Big Mac or the Whopper. Yeah, could, I thought I thought I thought the Big Mac or the Whopper. Uh, I don't I don't think it's the I don't think it's the Big Mac. And he said it's like it's like something that you're measured, but like it can be seen as a measurement of wealth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like the blue ribbon is like the best up. No, of course. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I mean, oh, six dollar burger is not a bad guess. Oh, yeah, Carl's Jr. had like their their six dollar burger or whatever. Um. I mean, Whopper. Whopper, of, Whopper's not a bad, like, Whopper was really where my mind went. I would went say go with Whopper, because it kind of sounds like the Whopper. The Whopper, the right, a, exactly. All right, I'm, I'm fine we'll with that. We'll, we'll lock in with Whopper. Whopper. All right, locking in with Whopper. Chris, Jen, what did you guys lock in with? We went with the $6 burger. Chris and Leah, what did you two lock in with? Um, We locked in with, uh, for, we don't really... If it's the $6 burger, we don't have many Hardee's here or Carl's Jr., so I don't know. I've never heard of the $6 burger, which could just be me not being a fan of them. We locked in with the Quarter Pounder. All right, so after that, the answer is a Big Mac. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Damn. And it looks like this is another one of those questions where maybe the guy should have listened to their wives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, the Big Mac uh, was originally known as the Blue Ribbon Burger, but its name was received poorly during testing and its early release, and was renamed not once but twice, with Big Mac being the the name they settled on after it was suggested by 21-year-old Esther Rose, a marketing secretary for McDonald's. Aww. She get royalties? <laughs> I know, right? Nope, she was a secretary. She got screwed. All right, your next category is in modern medicine. Your question is as follows. Coconut water has long been enjoyed by natives of tropic islands and millennials. However, it was has a special use outside of being a delicious, healthier alternative to soda. What can coconut water be used instead of during a medical emergency? Uh, Chris and Leah will lock in. All right, Mike and Nick can go and lock in. Like an IV. I mean, I've drank coconut water after many nights in Vegas. Huh. So, uh, I think it's just hydration. I'm going to go with that because that's what I used it for. Chris and Leah, what do you have for me? Uh, we went with an antiseptic. Antiseptic. And Mike, Nikki, round us out here. We went with the exact same thing, a hydra- hydration. All right. So disclaimer, uh, not against the question, but just for our listeners, don't don't try this. This is only an extreme emergency to be done by medical professionals. Oh gosh. Um, coconut water can actually be used in the place of blood plasma. What? In severe enough cases, coconut water can be used instead of blood plasma. They have similar protein structures that let it coagulate along with hemoglobins and other concepts of blood that allow it to act at buzz, as blood plasma. How did you even figure that out? So I'm, Jennifer's face looks severely confused. You work, you work in a clinic of some sort, right? 
Yeah, I work in a clinical lab, so I'm kind of just like, how would it come together? What are your sources? I need. <laughs> I want to know how they figured it out. Like, did they just start experimenting with blood plasma? They're like, let's put other liquids in there and use that and see which one may or may not work. Like, like somebody out there was bleeding out and was like, oh, let's just throw some coconut water and then <laughs> you start. <laughs> Like, and that bottle, that white stuff, right here. Now, I will say there's a caveat that they do suggest um, getting a follow-up to get a blood transfusion after this. It will hold you over. It will hold you over as it needs to while you are in severe condition from loss of blood. So I'm going to throw this out there. After those long nights in Vegas, make just grab yourself some Pedialyte and just chug it when you get back to your room. You'll feel great in the morning. Yes. Pedialyte is a lifesaver. Pedialyte but, is your friend. But can you also use Pedialyte if you're bleeding out? Touche. <laughs> Touche. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And moving on to our very last question of the night, guys. This is, of course, rounding it out in U.S. history. History. On Valentine's Day of 1849, the first photograph ever was taken inside the White House. Which serving president was in the picture. Locked in. All right, Mike and Nikki can lock in. All right, Chris, Jen, talk it out for us. Oh, crap. Um, that's a long time ago. <laughs> We're over here like, how many I years? Is like 19? I was like, no, 18. 1800. I'm trying to like... I'm my, like, when was the Civil my, War? My high school history teacher would be pissed. Like, is, is Lincoln far enough back? Or too far back? That's all I can think of. We'll, we'll go with Lincoln. All right, they're locking in with Lincoln. Chris, Leah, what did you guys lock in with? So, I'm not sure if you guys could see Leah giving her, her reenactment of, of this. Um, so, I know John Quincy Adams was the first president to be photographed, but he wasn't sitting at the time. It was far later in his life. Um, I've heard this before, and I think think i think the answer is william henry harrison but he locked in before we got to talk it out um yeah i'm pretty sure it's william henry harrison and then leah decided to say that you know had he drank some more coconut water he might have lasted more than 34 days in office yeah because well, never mind we don't need another reason but i'm just thinking valentine's day would probably be like a week before he died if inauguration was january 20th and he died February 20th, which means he's getting photographed a week before he dies. So he's probably hooked up to an IV with coconut water okay, calm down. trying to survive. I've heard it before, and I think it's William Henry Harrison, but that very well could be wrong. Mike, Nikki, what did you guys lock in with? Oh, man. Um, all right. So William Henry Harrison took office in, you said, 1849. William Henry here. I, I I started from Harrison because he took he he was part of the on the twenties curse because he took he was elected in eighteen forty one forty died in eighteen forty one. Tyler took over, uh, was not reelected. Uh, Polk would then have been would then have been elected in eighteen forty four. Took office in eighteen forty five, and then he only served one term and he was followed by Taylor. But Taylor would not have taken office until March fourth. 1849, we locked in with Zachary Taylor, but it's probably James K. Polk. 
And you are right, Mike. He may not have taken office until March. So, in fact, it was James Polk oh. who was the first photographed president inside the White House. I, I realized it for some reason as Chris was talking it out. I was like, yep, because when, when he mentioned Valentine's Day, I was like, I didn't think about Valentine's Day. Yep. James K. Polk, my God. James K. Polk. James K. Polk. And with that, our answer, we come to a close. <sighs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Go back and read that question one more time. Oh, my gosh. On Valentine's Day of 1849, the first photograph ever was taken inside the White House. That's what it was. Oh. Inside William Henry the White Harris, House, yeah, right? William Henry Harrison was photographed at his inauguration. Yep, that's what it was. Oh, damn it! Okay, which is not in no, the White House. No, it is not. I I was trying to figure out where I went wrong on that because I knew that William Henry. Damn it! All right, that's fine. That's fine. I'll take I'll take that one on the chin. And uh, eighteen forty nine was kind of the clue. Yeah, I couldn't get there from the years, and I was I I. I Got tunnel vision. As soon as you said it, I got tunnel vision about it. I didn't think it through, and now my wife's mad at me. So, <laughs> starting with Chris and Leah, in round one, fast food, you wagered zero. Mike and Nikki, you wagered 20. Chris and Jen, you wagered 44. In medicine, Leah and Chris, you wagered zero. In fast food, uh, Mike and Nikki, or sorry, in medicine, Mike and Nikki, you wagered 10. Chris and Jennifer, you wagered 12. In history, Leah and Chris, you wagered 9. Mike and Nikki, you wagered 50. <gasps> Chris and Jennifer, you wagered 10. So rounding us out tonight in last place. What, what? Zero points. Chris and Jennifer. (laughs) In second place, you have Mike and Nikki with a grand total of 12 points. And in first place tonight, give it up for our winners with 75 points, Chris and Leah. Nicely done. Nicely done. Mike, uh, you, I figured after the last major game we played with Jonathan and Leah that you would have wagered zero across the board. And so we were kind of counting on that and only wagered nine to try and beat you by one. Right. Hey, we won. We'll take that. Good job, babe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great game. Tony, that was a very interesting and incredibly <laughs> difficult Tony. game. And I, I texted Chris earlier today and I said, I, I've just finished writing a game and I'm worried that it might be too hard, but I'm no longer worried. <laughs> oh, man. Well, everybody, that has been another episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. If you have not done so, find us on Facebook, on Instagram, Pub Trivia Experience, on Twitter, at Pub Trivia Pod www.pubtriviaexperience.com For the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Chris. I'm Leah. Have a great week, everyone.